From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Because he's definitely not to be taken seriously. He's like a Ray Spader uh, extraordinaire for years. Has been. Known for it. Oh, yeah. I, I saw L. Sharpton at uh, LaGuardia. He, get, he got swarmed by a bunch of young girls, like like uh, mid to late teens going, Ravenel, we love you, Ravenel. He's just He's alone. I thought, man, I could beat the fuck out of him right now. Yeah, and then they'd be like, Kevin Downey Jr., all right. Yeah. <laughs> we love you, Kevin Downey Jr. Yeah. So he's like the Beatles. I had no idea. People <laughs> just Anybody they recognize, people are gravitated towards, I guess. Huh? Absolutely. Yeah, it has nothing to do with... It was what Bobcat Goldplay told me one time. It's like, you could, have, you could, be, a, you, you, you could be like a grapefruit, right? <laughs> and he's like, you, if you're a grapefruit that's been on TV, you know, and said, hey, that grapefruit from TV is going to be at the mall. People will show up to look at the TV grapefruit. Yep. I remember in... Uh, it's encouraging in a way. Yeah. Late 80s. Was that when Prince was with the Revolution? Yeah. Late 80s? Yeah, I remember, like, yeah, 85 or so, I think, that, that uh, movie 80s. came out. Yeah, so it's it's right around that time, mid-80s, I guess, and there are two members of the Revolution eating at an Olga's Kitchen, which is a restaurant we have in, in uh, Michigan at the mall. Yeah. And, like, 80 people standing outside the restaurant watching them eat. Yeah, just right. like, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's from the revolution. They're eating. Was it, was it the, those two sexy women? I think it was not. No. I think it might have been the guy dressed as a surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> the keyboard guy who had the... I forgot about that guy. The doctor! <laughs> the Manhattan DA's office had graphic and detailed evidence of pedophile billionaire Jeffrey Epstein's depravity uh, or depravity uh, you say one I say the other when a prosecutor inexplicably argued for leniency that was during his 2011 sex offender registry hearing according to the New York Post paper of record the finest publication in the world and it's also the fifth largest circulation in the United States don't forget in advance of the hearings the DA's then deputy chief of sex crimes Jennifer uh, Jennifer Gaffney uh, no relation to Mike Gaffney, I'm sure, had received a confidential state assessment that deemed Epstein to be highly dangerous and likely to keep preying on young girls. Huh. Confidential state assessment, Kevin Downey Jr. Is this the guy that had, like, Pedo Island that supposedly Bill Clinton went to? The very one. Yeah. Seems like a guy with a pedo island likely to reoffend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't just let all that go. Uh, uh, yeah, he's kind of you're kind of committed at that point. Pedophile for life. Look at him standing here, and he's got his uh, monogram to uh, like you know jumps works a workout outfit on or something. You know, sporty looking, right? Was that, was that- Pedos are us. Yeah, <laughs> life pedo for life. Pedorific. He's got this. Uh, he's got the dark eyebrows, the white hair, and uh, like it looks like a fleece, uh, some kind of a garment. Well, the 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 brief has been has been sealed since 2011. Post obtained it Thursday after, uh, you know, after suing to have it unsealed. Yeah, thank you, thank thank you for doing that, New York Post. Wow, yeah. <laughs> good to know. I mean, Jesus Christ, that's uh, that's quite a thing, isn't it? Like likely to reoffend. However, you know, leniency, please. Yeah. Uh, that that's odd, right? They would uh, the prosecutor argued for leniency, and uh, this this person in in the in the office, the deputy chief of sex crimes, had received a confidential state assessment, a confidential state assessment saying that uh, yeah, that Epstein was highly dangerous. Likely to keep preying on young girls. So that seems like the government kind of like not looking out for your best interest. There. No, nor for the children. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I kind of figure they're one and the same. <laughs> we, that's, one, that's one thing me and the children do agree on, and it's very, it's very little. I mean, yeah. very little. Oh, yeah. I, man, I, 
I wonder if kids everywhere are like this. I think it's here worse so than ever. Because sometimes, like I moved here 12 years ago or so, almost 13 years ago. And uh, yeah, I guess it's 13 years ago this very month, actually. How about that? I, uh, you know, in that amount of time, you just like, you know, whatever. I Times have changed. Or, uh, that's what I tend to think, too, is that times have changed. But I think it's also here. Kids here are just like always running around and they're just like, ah, 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 like, constantly making noise. Yeah. And in groups, I'm talking about kids, you know, 11, 12 and older. Right. And you have this like little tornado of kids that kind of <laughs> just like all talks at the same time. And I'm like, how do they possibly keep up with what anybody's saying? They're literally all of them talking at the same time. Uh, they probably can't have a conversation. I guess it's just like a social, you know, you just fire away. Yeah. Something will hit. <laughs> Riddling. Riddling, parents. Riddling. Yeah. The state assessment found that Epstein, uh, you know, should be uh, monitored in New York as a level three offender. That's the most dangerous. I was going to say, that's a big one, right? Yeah. That's yeah, that, that's the gigantic. Now, what's the name? Wiener is like level one. Right. Yeah. And he's been to prison. Yes. Over that. Which is like, I'm fine with. But like, what about this dude? Yeah. What did he do to... to uh, I'm not really sure exactly. I mean, I think he they, they softened the charges and he ended up not being charged with very much considering what is apparently going on. I mean, him and Bill Clinton, you know, jetting off to this island to just do whatever with with whoever, you know. I mean, what do they call it? Uh, it's the Lolita Express, I think they call that yeah. jet. And you know what? I, I think what's going on here, I think they know if they get, if they get, nail him too hard, you might, you might get Bill. <sighs> and they're looking out after Bill. I'm still not a sex offender, technically. How is this guy not in prison? He's a level three. Did he go to prison? I don't believe he did. I don't believe... Now, you see, this is where, like, I think the story is interesting, but I don't know all the background, and it really bugs me. In making its assessment, the State Board of Examiners of Sex Offenders evaluated the sworn, corroborated accounts of numerous girls who had been lured into Epstein's Palm Beach, Florida compound in 2005 and 2006. Now, uh, it, it was the assessment. Now, the assessment was between 2005 and 2006, or, no, they, they looked at the sworn corroborated accounts of numerous girls who had been lured into, into Epstein's Palm Beach, Florida compound in 2005 and 2000. Numerous in those two years. How do you lure, and how old are they, first of all? Uh, girls 14 to 17 years old. I don't old. know where to find one that age. <laughs> Much less lure one into my compound. <laughs> yeah, how do you begin to lure I mean, like, I suppose if you're a pedophile, you keep up with these things, you know, like, oh, no, the kids these days yeah. are all at school. Uh, <laughs> they're all hanging around outside this <laughs> junior high, and that's eighth graders over there are hot, but uh, these ones are all so nice. You go to Dick's Sporting Good. Where are the, where are the children lures? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got some good lures in the back. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's like, it's, it's, not, it's not as if you can just, like, read a book, you know, um, luring women, luring young girls to your compound for dummies. Would you be afraid a parent would show up? Yeah. Of course. How, are they looking for runaways? Constantly. I, I really don't know how, how to even start. Not yeah. that I'm looking for tips from anyone listening, but... No, but how does he manage to pull this off? Yeah. Well, I guess when you're for that years, rich, yeah. the girl leaves with five grand in her pocket, maybe, uh, you know, and, and, and you well, maybe I guess I got a good chance. They, oh, it says, oh, how about this? They were paid 200 to $1,000 to give Epstein massages that led to sexual contact, intercourse, and rape. That's how he did it. Oh. He, would, he would say, hey, I'm looking for a good young female teenage masseuse. How about it? Here, yeah, a little oil. How about a thousand bucks? Yeah. Boy, that makes those $200 girls seem pretty stupid, I bet. Yeah. Stu- <laughs> I'm unhappy with what I settled. A thousand. Like, I got to bang them five times for a thousand. Oh my God, I really settled for too low. 
I mean, I wonder if he started playing hardball with him after a, a little bit of time. Like, look, I know you, <laughs> but like at first you're just like, hey, oh, whatever. Yeah, I'll pay anything to get a girl to rub oil on my naked body. What right. a disgusting, what a disgusting situation. I mean, he has no acting work to offer them, I guess, is why the money had to come into play. Yep. You're not going to be famous, but you're going to leave here with up to $1,000. <laughs> How far will this massage go? <laughs> one, lucky uh, Epstein uh, pleaded guilty in Palm Beach to abusing just one of the victims, and he was required to register as a sex offender in New York since he had an Upper East Side home. So he had to register as a uh, sex offender. He can travel, apparently, all he wants. Uh, Level three, never seen inside of a prison. And you know something to to come here and and become, uh, and, and for the you know that's the uh, it, it's a good place to be assessed. I'm sure you know what I mean because they they're the kind of people who respond to right you know the kind of uh, money or I, I'm, I'm sure there's got to be some like the intense favors being done or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of friendships in the government here, right? And a lot of um, you know just biased uh, politicking all the time. It's it's pretty crooked. And it, it probably doesn't really take all that much to get something like this done if you're this kind of guy. He, like I said, he pleaded guilty to just one count, and there were numerous, numerous corroborated accounts, numerous ones. Wow. Uh, uh, Manhattan prosecutors were aware the, uh, the state board had assigned Epstein a risk assessment of uh, 130. That's a number that is solid. Uh, that's a number that is solidly above the 110 qualifying number for level three. He's 20 above it. Wow. This guy is a predator. Never been to jail, though, I, that we know of. I, this one county pled guilty to. I'm sure it was on the condition that he wouldn't have to do time. He's, he's, it's just even about money or connections. Like, why is he not in jail? It's got to be both, right? Money and I connections are so. one and the same. And then, like, of course, he's, like you said, tight with the Clintons, even. Yeah. So, you know, like, and, and really, if you think an ex-president doesn't have any power, look at Jesse Smollett. Right, exactly. A, an actor no one's ever heard of, and he yeah. walks. Yeah, uh, because he happens to, uh, you know, he's friends with, I, I believe it was uh, Michelle Obama who stuck yep. her nose in. Absolutely. Right. I believe it was. Uh, yeah, we, of course it was Michelle Obama. <laughs> uh, for uh, level three, like I said, with absolutely no basis for downward departure. There's no basis for it. Nevertheless, Gaffney argued, and this is, again, this is a, a female individual who was uh, within the uh, DEA, I guess the Manhattan DA, Jennifer Gaffney, um, she says, uh, nevertheless, Gaffney argued that he should be labeled a, a level one offender, the least restrictive, which would uh, keep him off the uh, online database. She apparently misapprehended her legal responsibility to consider more than just the crime Epstein had been convicted of, the brief conceded. Now, I don't believe that somebody makes that mistake. No. Uh, when you're dealing with... Uh, sex offenders it's obviously a rather serious thing uh so he must have played guilty to you know something really you know the the one he did do it wasn't like oh yeah i fucked her in the ass and everything it was like yeah. <laughs> something really like something somehow light uh it, it reached late thursday the slap and tickle that's all it was it, it was just down. a little <laughs> it was we were playing kiss touch <laughs> Uh, now, uh, she apparently, uh, like I said, misapprehended her legal responsibility and uh, reached, in, reached late Thursday Danny Frost, who's a spokesman for, the, for Cy Vance, you know, the Manhattan DA, yeah. uh, Cy Vance Jr., uh, he declined to say uh, who above Gaffney might have approved her decision to go easy on Epstein. Uh, Vance's office has insisted that he was unaware of the sex offender registry hearing. Why would, why would you, the DA, be aware of the most high-profile 
sex offender uh, apparently in the world and you know one of the richest men and a guy who has an island where he fucks little girls now he's getting his <laughs> sex offender status uh you know assessed why would you be aware of that when you can be talking about how we need to you know let people jump turnstiles and whatnot <laughs> and gaffney didn't respond either now here's a weird one is uh is there any mention there of who was with him? Was it just him and these girls, or was it like a party? Uh, I no, but I, I'm sure all that is. Uh, it's got to be in Florida, you know, uh, someplace you can find it. I'm betting that it wasn't just him. He probably had some high profile friends over who were into 14 year old girls. Oh yeah, like a, a party, yeah. And yeah. then when he got caught, he's like, you know what? I need an island. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a compound I thought would be enough, but no, I need an island. Speaking of Compound, you find Crime Report on Compound Media Mondays at 8. It is a fantastic show. It's a little different from this one. It's a crime everywhere, but we do focus these days a lot more on the New York City stuff. And an interview that I did last Monday with Soph, uh, it, was, it was one of the most pleasant conversations I've ever had, certainly with a 14-year-old girl. And also speaking of young girls, I should have said, uh, this girl is, is, is super uh, right-wing and, and uh, well-spoken. I mean, like, uh, it's okay to say that about a young person, right? That she's well spoken. A lot of people yeah. uh, they, they, that's turned into some sort of an insult or something sometimes. But she's uh, yeah, she's great. So uh, I'm gonna be posting some clips of that online really soon. I don't know why I'm taking my time on that. You know, just <laughs> just have been in Queens, a cockatiel thief. They're trying to find really? this guy. Yeah, uh, they they want to uh, a bird napper. A bird napper, a heartbroken pet owner. He's put a bounty has has put a bounty on the head of a cunning a cunning cockatiel crook. Cunning cockatiel crook in Queens. I, I, I'm going to disagree with this guy being cunning. Uh, the bird flew out the window and, and, and was like, oh, shit, I'm outside. <laughs> Not used to being here because this bird would exercise. It would let it out of the cage and it would take a few laps around the room mm -hmm. and then be back in the cage. Well, this time the window was open. A little, little too confident there and got out. Uh, it just took one lap around and just whipped right out the window, which I was pretty comical. The two old people who have it, the bird is not a youngster either. The bird is is, is like uh, in its teens or something, which is pretty pretty old. It's a 14-year-old bird. Is that old for a bird? I would, Probably. I, I cockatiel would think, yeah. I mean, I know some of those African greys can live a lot longer than you would think. Like 90. Yeah, ridiculous. This is a cockatiel, though. They don't have that kind of staying power. They got nothing to say. You know, I, I think that's why African greys, they, they're really good talkers. My brother had one of those, and he would like do the. Uh, he would always do the phone noise. He'd go, "Hello, hey," <laughs> <laughs> and uh, ask if you made coffee. Did you make coffee? Did you make coffee? Because that's <laughs> apparently it's something I said a lot in the morning. He would do the Three Stooges theme too. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I think I taught the bird that. Anyway, this guy happened to be outside, scooped up the bird, walked off. To me, it's like, hey, found a bird. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure that's cunning, right? That's not cunning at all. That's uh, good luck. Yeah. If just, you're into cockatiels. If, yeah, if you were like, man, you know what I would like. And, and he's walking there. It's, I guess he had this box with him. Happens to be walking down with it. It's just swiftly scooped up by a passerby. Uh, this is down on Crescent Street, Astoria, with the most beautiful neighborhood in, in the world, really. Astoria is a beautiful <laughs> neighborhood. I mean, I'm not kidding. It really is beautiful. And not in the way that you're imagining. You know, not botanical gardens beautiful mm -hmm. or anything like that, but just like the streets are so wide. And, and you have, like, it's one place where, where diversity is, like, sort of like, hey, this is great. People work here. It's a working class area. Mm -hmm. This is not some, like, you know, this isn't college students, like, insisting that uh, you should be more diverse and stuff. And, right. like, uh, what a shithead you are for not. It's, it's more like, uh, yeah, it, it, it's taken for granted. 
Huh? Yeah, a lot of people. Good point. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, I kind of enjoy that. You know, it's like uh, it's it's uh, it makes me feel like one with America. Uh, this is uh, Michaela Michaela Apria. That's her name. She's offering five hundred bucks for the return of her beloved Coco. So if you know anything about it, you need to like quickly get that reward. Flew out the window of her fourth floor Crescent Street apartment. Plummeted to the pavement, only to be pilfered by a passing pedestrian. They're having some fun with his story in the yeah, post. I hate when they do that. Yeah, enough alliteration. Okay, yeah. <laughs> tell the story. It wasn't pilfered. Hey, yeah, a bird. Hardly pilfered. Yeah, found, discovered, rescued. That bird hasn't flown that much in its life. No, it's like outside, going like this is fucking probably just panicked, just like oh, this is. I don't know what's happening. You know, I will take five hundred dollars over a bird right now. Oh yeah. I'll I'll kill a series of birds if you want. <laughs> Give me a hit list. I'll kill Foghorn, Leghorn, and, and and the Toucan Sam too. It's so difficult. We have gone through. Oh my God! The brazen uh, bird napping was caught on videotape, and Coco was still alive when he was scooped up. It is so difficult. We have gone through a lot of emotional distress, and it's very painful," said Apria, forty-five-year-old Apria, choking back tears. She's a physician. And the Astoria physician said to her parents, uh, Zeller said her parents, George and uh, Doina, that would be Doina Opria and George Opria. George spelled with an H, which I've never seen. G H E O R G E. George. Give it up. Come on, man. George. You're not George. Yeah, be a fucking American at some point. Uh, So the Astoria physician, they they live with the bird. Uh, They were giving their 14-year-old bird some exercise. Uh, It was on the 3rd of March when Coco flew the coop. It was a warm day, even though it had snowed. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) They opened the window to bring some fresh air in, and the, the window had a screen, but the mesh slipped halfway, she said. They had the fucking win. They, they just don't want to be like to blame for it. Yeah, you know? of course. We were innocent victims here. The yeah. bird fought its way through the mesh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just that way of putting it. You know, the mesh slipped halfway. You mean no. slipped halfway? If you gave a fuck about your bird, you make sure that mesh is not slipping halfway. Yeah. What the hell is that? I don't even know what that means. She said. So the uh, so Coco normally takes two or three laps around the living room, uh, in there before tiring himself out. But this time he took one lap and just went out the window. I find that really funny. Oh my God! George yelled, and the uh, subtuagenarian, which is such a fucking wasteful word. A guy in his seventies. Okay. Uh, <laughs> rushed down four flights. Uh, while Doina... Did he really rush? <laughs> he did his best, I'm sure. Doina stayed at the window and watched in horror. I saw this man put Coco in a case. No one puts Coco in a case. I'm screaming to this, I'm screaming to him, that's my bird. The fourth floor, a little old lady yelling, that's my bird. You know, New York's loud. Yeah. Even in Astoria. It's much quieter there, and it's still loud. You know what? I'm starting to not believe this story. Really? Yeah. What do you think? What do you, what do you think? I don't know what their end game is. Maybe their bird died and they're looking for a free bird. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they have video of the guy picking him up. Oh, do they? Yeah, he's like, and, and there's this picture right there. He's picking him up in a case. Oh, shit. And it does sound unlikely, though, doesn't it, that what the guy they... would happen to have something I... to put the bird in. Good thing I brought my bird case. Oh, look at <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe this was a... Maybe he's helping out on an escape. Serendipity. Yeah. You know, maybe the bird is trying to get away from these two. After all these years, he's he's built up enough trust, you know, and he's like, okay, though that I see that it's slipping halfway. Here's all you got to do: get up to the screen, mm-hmm. just bring it down halfway, and I'm out of there. So he had assistance from this guy who waited with his case. Remember the couple with the homeless guy, and they said the homeless guy gave a woman his last twenty dollars. Uh huh. Um, something stinks here. That's not true. 
Oh, oh, something stinks here, you mean? Yeah. But something definitely stank in that case. Yeah, they're going to jail. Yeah. Uh, the guy is, uh, you know, he, he flipped on him, obviously. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he tried to keep the money is what it came down yeah. to. Uh, so, if, really, if you make a plan with, like, a homeless guy, you know, understand that, you, you know, you're conspiring and all that stuff. All your best laid plans, they might not come to fruition in the way that you would like. Right. He kept the money. They they set up a GoFundMe because they had this whole bullshit story about how he gave this woman his last twenty dollars. First of all, what the fuck's he doing with twenty dollars? Uh, you know what I mean? That's our twenty dollars. Yeah. And uh, and gave it to this woman for gas when she was broken down with her car. So they wanted to set up a GoFundMe for this guy, and uh, they were going to keep a lot of it. Four hundred k, I think. Yeah, it really got up there, and so. This is like fraud on an enormous level. I, I, I read about some events of the of the trial there recently, or the uh, the case. I don't know if it if it went to trial. Guy was crushed, hard hat, a construction worker. When uh, the crane, the the counterweight oh, to the crane fell on yeah. him, seven and a half ton counterweight fell from crane during a work on a luxury condo in Soho. Lifelong Brooklyn resident uh, Gregory uh, Echevarria, thirty four, died instantly. In the gruesome pre-dawn uh, accident. That was on the corner of Broom and Varick, I guess, down on the Lower East Side. You didn't even have to hurry down to get him. You knew he was dead. Yeah, everybody take a break. You know, <laughs> well, we're going to get a, uh, a dustpan and a broom. <laughs> this guy was cut in half. I didn't. I, I I didn't see it. The guy says, but I heard. I heard he was split in half. You're talking about fifteen thousand, sixteen thousand pounds. Said one shaken coworker. Second victim sustained uh, minimum minor injuries there. How about that? Yeah, that's that happened. That's brutal. Yeah, very brutal. Very brutal. People are sick of this uh, Ancelor Richard Carranza. Uh, parents are, are tired of being uh, labeled racist just because they disagree with his policy ideas. Right. Heath wants to get uh, Carranza wants to get rid of the school test to determine if you should be able to get uh. into like Stuyvesant High and stuff like that. And uh, you know, I guess just make admissions, um, you know, reflective of the population everywhere, regardless. You know, of course, people do uh, take the tests that are black and they pass, and people pass it. A lot of Asians pass it, apparently. Yeah, go <laughs> with flying colors, high scores. Uh, this guy, Richard Carranza, you know, he's uh, he's stifling the debate on students' diversity by tarring parents as racist uh, when they protest his controversial proposals. White and black parents both told the Post. It has a chilling effect on parents speaking out. Some are afraid of being branded racist or privileged while they feel, uh, which they feel is a narrative coming from way high up. And of course it is. That's, uh, that's yeah. Leonard Silverman talking, a lawyer, a PTA president, father of three in Manhattan's public schools. Yeah, it comes from, you know, way, well, de Blasio, you know, basically, but higher than that even, of course. Yep. You know, but, but locally, de Blasio, he's a, he's a great source of that. Did you see the story about Garner? Um, and I know you're interested in this kind of thing, that that was not a chokehold, according to the NYPD surgeon. Really? Yeah. He said it wasn't a chokehold. So that and that was back in 2014. Wow! Did not publicize that at all. Not at all. I still debate people. Oh, they choked him to death. No, they didn't. Choked him. To, people are so dumb about that. Yeah. That's again like they. Well, I saw the video. You didn't see him get choked. You know how long it would take to choke a guy that size to death? Yeah. Any size. Yeah. You couldn't choke a baby to death in 15 seconds. No. Let alone a hardened criminal <laughs> arrested numerous times. He had a heart attack because he was it was hot as hell. He's four hundred pounds. Asthma. Everything go everything. And his Diabetes. daughter's dead. His fat ass daughter died. Yeah. Of fat assism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> died just like that. Just just, you know, from her diet and stuff. Yeah. Now it was funny to see the different ways it was reported because it was uh, you know the, you know what the most honest reporting of it was that I saw was the fucking Daily News, New York Daily News. Really? They were the ones that, that just had the straight talk. Now, the worst one was BET. 
highly course. opinionated. Yeah. No, I mean, you think BET, that's not really, I don't think anybody's going there for their news. No. <laughs> Maybe they are. I don't know. I mean, it's entertainment, right? And so that's how they, uh, boy, that's how they interpret it. Meanwhile, uh, Speaking of Reverend Al, Crown Heights, uh, they want to honor him with a, a, make him a doctor of humane letters. That's the idea. The master of agitation. Taxpayer-funded Medgar Evers, uh, Medgar Evers College. It's Cooney School. A, a SUNY school, I guess. <laughs> it looks more like Cooney to it me. It does look Cooney. <laughs> I thought S-U-N-Y was SUNY, and, and City is Cooney. Is Cooney? Is that the way it works? I think so, yeah. Okay, so it's a Cooney school. And there may well, and, and they've decided... To make Reverend Al a doctor of humane letters. Uh, you know, of course, this is the very location where he stirred up all that trouble back in the 90s yep. uh, when uh, a member of the uh, main rabbis, but what do they call that? When a bunch of cars driving a motorcade or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. A guy, somebody black got run over and it led to the Crown Heights riots, which, man, a lot of property damage, a lot of injured cops, a lot of yeah. injured people, a lot of arrests, a lot of money, millions of dollars. I mean, the, the, the property damage was substantial. And Crown Heights is where, where uh, the Jewish population is routinely assaulted. Oh, yeah. By young black men. Yeah. And 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 uh, and has been you know even even more routinely since then I'm sure, uh, and and it's probably been going on a long time. You know they fought a they, long time. You know what? And and I don't like the idea of, of saying that they're racist uh, type of people. The, the what do you call the ultra orthodox community down there because they stayed. They're the ones who stayed. Yeah, they stayed, and they're incurring the beatings. White flight was huge in Brooklyn. Yeah, everybody left to go to Long Island or wherever, mm -hmm. and they stayed. They're, yep. Yeah, we're comfortable with this. Yeah. And then what happens? They get beaten up. You know, when, when they say oh, anti-Semitic crime is on the rise, a large portion of people sort of say that just sort of hoping that people go, well, it must be the rednecks beating up the Jews. It's not. It's in Crown Heights. That's ground zero for anti-Semitic beatings. You know, I you're very right about that. We went over a bunch of hate crimes uh, maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago, and Crown Heights, over and over again. Random beatings of, of yeah. Jewish people, just all the time. I was having lunch with a retired police captain who told me the most racism he's ever seen in New York City was black on Asian. He said it's rampant because Asians own stores in black neighborhoods and black people resent them. He said that's where he's seen the most. And he said they're also soft targets. Asians are not going to fight back. Yeah, well, you know what? Especially they, an Asian woman yeah. in her 80s. Sure. That, yeah, any any woman in her eighties usually a pretty easy target. Yeah, and then you you uh, put. Uh, although I will say I have seen where where I've seen some fun videos on that mm -hmm. on Safe Space with Sleep Starks in particular. Um, one of the sponsors of his show is You Best Buy or Go. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's like a lot of tension between in those communities. I guess Korean specifically. Yep. But Asian and uh, and black and uh, so there we have it. They. Uh, a couple of times, man. I mean, like just not putting up with the bullshit, mm -hmm. and it's shocking to the to the bully there. Uh, well, uh, I, it, the South is not as like I don't know, like way actively racist as a lot of people would think. No, you know, most most people, Southern whites, you know, it, it, they just want to be kind of left alone. You know, they just want to they just, all they want to do is raise their families and not go to yep. hell. And uh, that doesn't seem like too much to ask, really. But I've had debates with like northern, uh, mostly northeastern white people. Go, oh well, the South is so racist. So, those white people are so. No, he, and a friend of mine from the South said, "Look, we all just sort of agree we have to get along." 
Mm-hmm. That's what goes on here. And I said, if you look at some of these riots, look at where stuff's happening. Detroit had riots in 67. I mean, that's not the South. That's not even near the South. Mm-hmm. California's had riots. That's not the South. No. They were, they were in the late 60s, all those riots, in fact, chased everybody out of the cities, and yeah. a lot of them went to the South. I find Boston to be the most racist place I've ever been. Yeah, I've never <laughs> been there, but like, I'm curious as to why that would be. I, I think they can get away with it. You can get away with uh, hating on the black man there. It's hmm. still okay. Wow. I see way more of it in the North than I do in the South. You know there's less than a million people in Boston? Really? Yeah. How it's a, it's, a, it's a really small city. Yeah. I, I hadn't... I didn't know that until recently. Uh, here's, wow, you know, when doctors commit crimes, it's always fucking weird, I think. <laughs> a selfie-snapping surgeon who has leapfrogged from hospital to hospital for years as complaints piled up against him. He, he's exited another New York Medical Center. It's, uh, listen, if you have an appointment to see Dr. Brian Gilchrist, he's uh, he is departed as chief of pediatric surgery at NYU Winthrop Hospital on Long Island. And, uh, yeah, it it comes after uh, the post. On March 31st, exposed allegations by two former Bronx Lebanon hospital residents. They claim in a suit against him and the hospital that they were fired in retaliation for reporting Gilchrist alleged misconduct. Dr. Pravathapa uh, said Gilchrist, Gilchrist 64, was Bronx Lebanon's head of surgery, sent her a vacation pic of himself clad only in a towel with the subject line, shh. Hmm. Um, Which... I don't really see exactly what's wrong with that. No. He's clad in a towel, for Christ's sake. All he says is just be quiet. Uh, <laughs> does that mean don't show this to anyone? Shh. Yeah, I'm sure it does. <laughs> yeah, I it think certainly so. does. Don't sue me in a lawsuit about this. Uh, don't don't take it to my boss. Uh, he went on to NYU Winthrop, an NYU spokesman. Uh, of course, they wouldn't comment on his status at Winthrop. But, uh, yeah, they said they were unaware of everything. Gilchrist left Staten Island University Hospital after he allegedly failed to complete to completely remove a tumor that he had diagnosed as benign, uh, but was actually cancerous. Wow. On a 16-year-old's ribs in 2001. The suit, which was filed by the teen's family, was settled in 2008 for $1.9 million. So, yeah, misdiagnosed a tumor as not malignant when it's malignant and uh, left a bunch of it in the ribs. That's a bad day at work. Man, that guy. Maybe he sucks. That's not like leaving the lights on in the office. <laughs> <laughs> he should have said, shh, shh. Let's, let's quiet. <laughs> uh, what a, see, while at Elliott Hospital in Manchester, New Hampshire, his behavior was allegedly so abusive that he was reported to the Joint Commission, the national organization that accepts, uh, that accredits hospitals. Gilchrist took a leave for, uh, a leave for behavior training, and he returned before departing uh, for good a few months later, called... Uh, Another doctor, a cocksucker. Who hasn't, though? What is the big deal with calling another doctor a cocksucker? I don't understand that. What's, what the fuck? Who cares? The doctor was blowing him at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Proven cocksucker. <laughs> uh, in, uh, New Jersey officials have finally shut down uh, butt butcher Iman Shaheen. Shaheen, a gynecologist turned plastic surgeon, agreed to surrender his medical license in the face of disciplinary action by the New Jersey Board of Medical Examiners. Uh, uh, the April 1st action came after the Post revealed a disciplinary, a disciplinary lag that allowed, lag. It, it allowed New York, uh, New York doctors who had their license revoked to keep practicing in New Jersey and the reverse to happen in New York. So New York authorities yanked. Shaheen's license on January 9th, sustaining, uh, they sustained 16 allegations of misconduct. More than a dozen patients have, have uh, sued him for botched butt lifts and other surgeries since 2013. You really got to choose 
I got carefully to be your plastic surgeon, I guess, right? You know what? How do you botch a butt lift? What do they do? <laughs> we actually lowered it. I don't even know what a butt lift is. Actually, we get a sagging ass. They just tighten it and up. And they just say, we're getting rid of some of the fat. We'll sew it up here. Next uh, thing you know, so there's probably like they made their asses uglier than they were. Gotcha. Did not improve my ass at all. Would you ever get plastic surgery done? It's stories like this that make me reconsider. Not that I was thinking of a butt lift, but anything. You wake up looking like a monster. Would I? No, 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 no. I, I, if I was an actor and I made like you know several million dollars for for a motion picture, I would. Right. Absolutely. I'd be like, yeah, I, I'd like to get a few more years in of doing this. I think I would in that case, but otherwise, just for vanity, definitely not. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think all these actors are necessarily they're vain people, I'm sure, but I don't think that they're so vain. Uh, they just want to make the money. Right. Queens residents gave a loud no Saturday to Mayor de Blasio's plans to build a towering lockup in Kew Gardens for more than 1,400 inmates. Why is he building a prison when nobody's going to be there pretty soon? <laughs> or a jail, rather. It's a jail. Uh, about 300 people gathered at Queensborough Hall to protest the planned 29-story structure, uh, one of the four community-based jails intended to replace Rikers Island. So they want to like re replace Rikers Island with a bunch of jails. What, what does he have against Rikers Island? I don't know what it's supposed to be. So I mean, now, one thing about it, it's designed... Uh, a long time ago before we know what we know now and so there's like some blind corners and stuff like that where it can be dangerous for uh you know the guards and and uh, well they whatever you call them it's not they, they don't like that but them you know the yeah. people that are overseeing the the prison but i don't think he cares about them very much i don't think so either i i, I don't really know what it is he's got a bug up his ass about rikers for some reason yeah and you know what here's another thing he he wants to put a uh, a homeless shelter right next to uh uh, what do you call it? Um, Carnegie Hall. That's what I'm looking for. He wants to put a, home, a homeless shelter very near there. And people yeah. are going, why? I think he has something against rich people. Oh, yeah. Here, you take your portion. Well, you know, of course. You know that he was, he is, the famous de Blasio quote that we're hearing is that he's plenty of money in the world. It's just in the wrong hands. Yeah, there you go. Wow. What does that mean? Could not be any more clear. Uh, in the wrong hands. From the beginning, the mayor said his plan was to cite the jails where there was a courthouse and an existing jail. It was never his intention to seek community input on the sites. And, uh, you know, we, we were lied to. Let's be blunt, this guy says. Uh, Sylvia Hack, who lives a few blocks away from Borough Hall and co-chairs uh, the Land Use Committee on Community Board 9. That's a bunch of words nobody really heard or needed to hear. Uh, people are incredibly upset about this project, she says. You know, he's a mayor. Uh, let's see, many in the crowd criticized de Blasio for conflating criminal justice reform and, clone and closing Rikers. Uh, the more cages you build, the more people will fill those cages. You know, why are we building if we if we want to shrink the number of, of incarcerated people? Yeah, well, because you can want in one hand, shit in the other, and see which one fills up first. That's what it comes down to. You want to incarcerate yeah. fewer people, and the steps that they've taken on this are supremely bad. They have a, they've passed it in Albany now, where it's going to be beginning January first. Misdemeanors are no bail, and some felonies are no bail. Ugh. And like I'm talking burglary, and you know certain kinds of assault or whatever, you know groping, I suppose, like any kind of misdemeanor. And and they'll just be setting these people free. Yeah, come back and you know for your court date, your arraignment, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so they'll have fewer people in jail because that's what they're trying to do. All right, now is this fewer people or is this something? Uh, directed towards minorities. Well, glad you asked. Uh, that is the reason for it. It's, like, it's a disproportionate number of people in jail. Uh, these, um, you know, pretrial lockups apparently affect minority communities disproportionately. 
Well, maybe they shouldn't commit crimes. Yeah, I mean, that would be one way of looking at it, right? Maybe we could go more to the source of the problem and figure out, like, what's going on there. Yeah. I'd be all for that kind of a study. Yeah. But in the meantime, yeah, why not? Why endanger the community? You know, when you walk around sometimes, you already bump up against some pretty weird characters in New York City. Yeah. I don't see any reason to expand that cast by... <laughs> however many I mean like if you don't think you're going to be li- see there's a deterrent aspect too it's not just about like it's uh, like man I'm not going to go to jail for this I just have to like I'm, what if I don't want to go to my fucking trial and court yep. come back again you know it's like you it really does open it up doesn't it for yeah. like what you can get away with you know what as a kid I remember thinking wow I really want to do something I shouldn't do but I know I'm going to get killed yeah my dad's going to kill me I'll get killed by dad so I'm not going to do it that's that's why that's right? a deterrent it's a deterrent and they didn't. They want no deterrence. They're really, you know, they they want America. Uh, they want America to be bad. They also want, uh, boy, they, they they just want everything to suck. Yeah. That, I mean, like, I don't know how else to say it. They 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 really like danger. <laughs> they really like, you know, they like a certain amount of crime, and they want to keep it going. They live in places where they're not as affected by this stuff. I always say, you know, it's not as if Mayor De Blasio is taking the E train, you know, back to uh, Jamaica or some shit like that. Right. right? Not taking the bus. Right. Yeah. So uh, he's meanwhile. Uh, he has ordered those mandatory measles shots for Williamsburg, as you guys may or may not know. How do the Jews feel about that? They're not happy. No. <laughs> they, they're suing now, and uh, they want to get that lift. They say it's not trying to say it's not constitutional, but let me tell you something. Legally, they've, uh, they're, in, they're in good shape. Right. Now, uh, uh, they're not, but uh, rather the mayor is. You know, so oh, they really? Got the, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're in good shape. Oh, I thought the Jews were in good shape. Not like, at you all. You can't make us get that shot. Well, it's gone all the way up to the Supreme Court before, and they've compelled people to get these shots. Wow. It's, it's 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 settled and and really i don't disagree with it i mean like uh it's not as if it's i mean you could say it's a religious reason and, and everything but there's no there is none it's like uh it's not the kosher laws don't apply because you're it's an injection it's not food right so it doesn't really matter what animal guts it comes from or whatever they use to make it i don't even know what it is now are measles i mean i had measles as a kid mm-hmm. i'm fine i think yeah, they. I mean, <laughs> fine. I think I don't think it's fatal 100 percent of the time. Is it ever? It can be. Oh, People okay. die from it. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. worldwide, there's some kind of like a apparently like a little kind of budding outbreak going on, and you can get a fever of like 104. You uh, you're nauseous. You feel bad. I mean, and then of course you cover with these measles that hurt all over, and it's it's generally unpleasant. They don't want a whole bunch of kids to get it. I'm sure. But my thought originally was, how come if you're vaccinated, you can't get it? Why do they care if a few people don't, right? What difference does it make? Right. Because they'll because they'll be vaccinated in general. Then I thought maybe it's because, you know, if some people are opting out, they're gonna be well. Hell, we're gonna opt out too. Uh, but uh, here, here's what I found. Uh, somebody somebody sort of cleared this up for me. Uh, what he was telling me is that say you're allergic to it, you you can't get the shots. Right. Then you know that 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 would be a place where uh, a situation you can't get the shot. You have no immunity. And then somebody who could be carrying it, uh, you know, could have gotten the shot, didn't, or whatever. Okay. I, I, I don't know, something like that. But but it's really not not that important. I wanted to get back to this. Uh, it says a break for the go scam me homeless vet. By the way, that goes a vet. This hmm. is the guy uh, Johnny Baba. He's thirty six, homeless vet. Uh, he took a plea deal. Uh, he was sentenced to five years probation. Pleaded guilty last month uh, to conspiracy to commit uh, theft. By deception. This is the the homeless guy you were talking yeah. about uh, in the uh, GoFundMe situation. Uh, the homeless veteran uh, he admitted to conspiring with a New Jersey couple in a four hundred thousand dollar GoFundMe scam. Sentenced to five years probation as part of a deal with prosecutors. Uh, Burlington County Judge Christopher Garinger 
ordered that Johnny Bobbitt, 36, be placed in an inpatient drug program and be required to testify against his alleged co-conspirators. If you were homeless, would you welcome a stint in jail? <laughs> he should, right? I mean... Three <laughs> hots like a, and a cot. This is, this is going to really kind of simplify things for me. A, a veteran shouldn't have to do that, though. Isn't that too bad? He's not going to have to. Maybe he's gotten some help from elsewhere. He doesn't look bad at all. He's got a bit of a beard. He looks a little Unabomber-ish, but he, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't look like old and fucked up. They made up a false story, like I said, 2017, how Bobbitt had given his last $20 to McClure. That was the uh, the woman. It was Mark D'Amico uh, and, uh, you know, Kate McClure when a car ran out of gas in Philadelphia. Very interesting shit. I love I, it. I had a cop in 84 tell me that when he was a rookie, so this would be the 50s, he was on the beat in Detroit, and he saw a homeless guy throw a rock through a jewelry store window. So he cupped him, and they appear in court, and the judge goes, how you doing, Pete? And he goes, good, Judge, how are you? Good to see you again. He goes, oh, not bad. Good to see you. He goes, so, uh, and this was in October. He goes, uh, here it's going to be a long winter. What do you want? Do you want uh, 90? He goes, hey, you better give me 120. Here it's going to be cold. That's what he said. Yeah. Wow. So he just did it to go to jail during the cold months. What a harmless way to do that, too. Yeah. You could probably think of something a little, you know, but like that's, yep. you, you have to commit to it. Yep. A crime must be committed. <laughs> Ooh, in the boogie D. Uh, the officer, uh, an officer fatally shot a man who twice charged at cops with a knife Sunday night. Um, I like to clear people up on what happened over the weekend. Catch yeah. you up, rather. Tase him, too. Uh, and then he kept charging anyway. Police responded around 1045 to a call about someone harassing residents at the Hill House, halfway house. The Hill House, halfway house at, at 1616 Grand Avenue in Morris Heights. Two officers knocked on a suspect's door, and the man, armed with a knife and a stick, immediately attacked him. Guy must be crazy. <laughs> a knife and a stick. They tased him, and he stopped for a moment, but then charged again when the cops attempted to handcuff him. One of the cops opened fire. The man was transported to Bronx Lebanon Hospital in the Boogie D, where he later died. The Hill House, it's run by uh, Palladia, it's a nonprofit social services group, provides transitional and permanent housing for people serving, uh, suffering from addiction, homelessness, poverty, trauma, and domestic problems. So no insanity there. Hmm. Uh, uh, officials uh, there cannot be reached for comment. So that's the way that happened. And also a woman fell off of a tower. She was up there to take photos. Fordham University. This is also in the Bronx, I suppose. Fordham's, yeah, that's the Bronx, right? Uh, yeah, uh, student set to graduate in May, plunged 40 feet to her death early Friday, taking part in what has become a ritual for seniors climbing a campus tower to touch the bell and snap and snap photos. They were seniors. They were like, let's go do this. Went up there. She failed. She did. 22 years old. Pretty, too. Wow. Pretty uh, about to be on the workforce. <laughs> Pretty stupid. Pretty stupid. How do they allow that? They said people do this every year. How does the school say, yeah, climb it? What could happen? I'm sure it's not sanctioned, you know? I mean, like, uh, I don't know, I, I don't really know. I mean, I'm looking at this tower. I'm saying, I don't see any. It doesn't, it's, you know what I mean? Like, what, how do you climb that? What That, that doesn't no even look, clue. doesn't look normal. doesn't look like something that looks a lot, a hell of a lot higher than 40 feet, too. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not looking at the right thing. She fell. She couldn't breathe when she hit and, uh, you know, died a few minutes later, I suppose. Pretty girl. And dead, and uh, yeah, she's from Portland. Is 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 where it was? Yeah, Keating Hall Clock Tower is where she fell. Keating Hall Clock Tower with a group of friends. So you know something, I, I wouldn't do any dumb bullshit like that. There's a ton of shit that I won't do. Would no. you skydive? No way, never. Bungee jump? Never. Roller coaster? 
<laughs> Not me. <laughs> I don't get on a roller coaster. Do you I, do? I did when I was a kid. I haven't been on one lately. Yeah, I just, it seems like as an adult, I can avoid it. Yeah, I'm not standing in line 45 minutes for two minutes of. Uh, <laughs> Would you stand in line for 45 minutes for a two minute blowjob? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be a pretty good one, though. Yeah, yeah. Two yeah. minutes. 45 minutes. Jesus Christ. Yeah, two minutes. If she can finish you off in 45 seconds, or two minutes, rather, that's, that's, that's pretty a champ. good. Yeah, that's a jam. That's. Uh, worth the wait. Where are you going to be this weekend, by the way? Uh, Kevin Downey Jr. is who I'm talking to. My co-host of Trump. <laughs> I think that I said your name earlier, but I want to make sure. Yeah, uh, we, I'm not sure you we've did. done Trump, numerous episodes of Trump. We're, we're, it, it's kind of like, yeah, coming back plus. around 50 plus. Yeah, we've been doing it forever for like a, and it's, we had a lot of trouble with that over at Compound Media. Like we showed, we did it for free for a while and we kind of like, and we there were certain, you know, promises made and then uh, oh shit happens you know in a budget and i don't know what the hell happened with that but uh I yeah i mean it's i guess we're not doing it there right now uh, you know hopefully you'll be able to see it someplace soon but you can hear it uh, in the very near future uh, i'll be promoting that so if you like the politics of trump is the reason that we don't have to do politics on here at all anymore people get yeah. kind of tired of hearing about any kind of political shit but it's one and the same they're so connected crime and politics absolutely yeah direct link i mean you can see it here uh, very easily so uh let me ask you wait, wait, where are you at this weekend again gonna be at broadway comedy club on friday ah great and somewhere in jersey on saturday i don't know where but it'll be on my website if you go to kevindowneyjr.tv not on your phone for some reason the mobile is down Oh, no. Yeah. That's bad, because a lot of people use that, apparently. Everybody does yeah. use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're sitting at your at your whatever computer that you have, a laptop, or if you're sitting, you know, I guess the desktop, look at that. And, and look at the, go look at it anyway. Maybe maybe it's not down anymore. KevinDowneyJr.tv. And, and go to Broadway Comedy Club Friday night. See him. One of the best in the city. Longest term comedians in the city. Absolutely. I mean, you've been doing this, uh, you're like J.J. Ramirez length or something. Yeah, 29 years. No, I've been, I've been doing it longer than that. <laughs> East New York. I'm going to have sex with all three of these women. <laughs> well, consenting or not. I don't really care what they say. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, that's one, one impression I can almost do. You hear him talk, it's pretty banned from more clubs than any comic I know. Oh, man. Don't say it on my show. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, but you haven't been banned from any clubs, to my knowledge. <laughs> Hey, it's, they cannot judge the late 90s with 2019 standards. It's no, just not fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, I'll see you. Uh, and, and out on Long Island for pretty frequently, too. I'll be at Brokerage uh, Thursday this week. How long have you? Brokerage? Yeah. Uh, the Brokerage in Long Island. That's not Levittown, is it? No, that's Belmore. Belmore. And uh, let me ask you a question. How long have you been doing comedy? 29 years. 29 years. I've been doing it, I guess it's 23 years. And... Uh, where you are. That's incredible to think about. I mean, you know a lot about comedy, yeah. Insane. I never, like, I, where did my fucking life go? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You end up well-preserved. Yeah. You end up in great, uh, comedians age well. Yeah. I. Uh, if they get the opportunity to age. I had a woman tell me once, she, we're on a date a while back. A while back, she goes, how old are you? I said, how old are you? Like, she was 43. I said, 53. She goes, if I had known that, I wouldn't be here. I thought you were 43. Absolutely, <laughs> they wouldn't be here. Yeah. No, they wouldn't. And continued to date me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's too late now. Too late. He's had his dick in me. Yeah. Up in my guts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks one more time, Kevin Downey Jr. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report.